On this episode of Crazy Busy, The Interviews, we're going to meet Stephanie Redliner, an empowering entrepreneur who's taken the road less traveled from rebellious teen to leadership and sexuality coach. Stephanie works with high-powered women, helping them own their power and lead from the feminine. When you do things differently, sometimes you get branded as not okay or normal. That starts to feed your brand even more. Stephanie found a way to make that work. Stay tuned. You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. It's so good to talk to you today. I feel like we have quite a bit in common. I can't wait. I've, um, I'm a road less traveled gal myself. And I think uh, looking back at my own teen years, they were quite formative. I probably was relying on my intuition more than I imagined or thought I would. But, you know, one thing I know is we all share something called feelings. And those feelings can be a big part of our intuition. And so I'd love for you to start with your story. And I guess how your feelings and your intuition guided you to get on a road less traveled and be the successful entrepreneur you are today. Amazing. Yes. Um, It's funny hearing you talk. I had a whole story in my mind, but uh, I'd like to start (laughs) from fifth grade. Okay. Um, Start with fifth grade. uh, I think my whole life, I didn't know how to do things that were you were supposed to. I only knew how to really do things like that you wanted to and based on my feelings and based on what I wanted. And I remember I was, in fifth grade, I was um, uh, placed in the talented and gifted uh, class. And my, my parents were like, this is great. It's going to set you on the path, all the things that proud parents do. And I was like, no. I don't want to. And they like didn't understand why I didn't want to. And I was like, I want to be with the people, not the smart kids. And this, and, and I actually, it's just coming to me. On so how, weird. The same thing happened to me. I'm loving this. Right? It's happening <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> it's so good. And so um, I didn't really, like, I didn't get it, right? And so um, one of the things about my parents is that they started a nonprofit. And um, my dad was a media guy and a doctor, and he... Um, showed me at a very young age how to use media to share important messages. And so I got this feeling of the most important thing is to share your message and to be authentic to who you are. Oh, that's beautiful. And so um, I had a couple of um, tragedies and deaths in my life and things that made me realize at a young age um, that life is too short. It could end tomorrow. And um, so at 18, when I did my first year of college, after a big tragedy of death in my family, I, uh, I dropped out. Um, and I said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I moved to California, had no idea what I was doing, just followed my love and followed my passion. Um, it was scary because I was like, all my friends are getting degrees, all my friends are applying to business school, all my friends are doing these sort of society acceptable things. And I didn't know why I didn't want to do them. And so I just kept, I just kept on. And so I kind of fumbled through classes and classes that I love, and all the decisions I made were really around what I wanted to do. 
without going so detailed in my life story, I kind of winded my way through jobs that mm. I was passionate about in advertising and recruiting and strategy. Um, for a long time, I was a, a recruiter. And I, no, I swear, I was a, I was a recruiter I, no. too. <laughs> Who are you? Oh and I God. went to California I, when I was 25. No, yeah, I feel like 24. Yeah. We are mirrors. So yes, I'm standing in front so of a funny. mirror. Um, but at, at 25, I was uh, pretty senior in this recruiting company, managing the, the talent and the careers of people who were twice my age. And I just remember being like, so what do you want to do with your life? And they'd be like, uh, get the job that I'm supposed to do because now I'm making this amount of money and I have kids and I have this. And it blew my mind to be with people who were like living their lives. I'm like, you're just doing things you're supposed to, not things that made you happy. Mm. And so that sort of sparked my desire to become a coach. I'm like, fuck it, I need to like help people figure out their lives so they don't go 30 years in and being like, why am I here? Yes, and on a stepper yeah. of what's the next step? Now I yeah. should do this, and now I should do that. And big responsible things, like I got married, now I should have kids. So, you know, following your heart, which is really where your feelings are, yeah. is a powerful thing that I think most people don't trust themselves to do at a young age and i have a lot of young listeners yeah many of them are future entrepreneurs or they're entrepreneurs now you know what advice do you have for them about really listening to their heart and their feelings and bucking the system and, yeah. and maybe not doing what their family did or what their family expects of them yeah well there's a cool statistic that i don't remember the details of but in 20 years from now the jobs that are going to be around haven't even been invented yet. Yes. So we're 20 years ago. We had to choose a path. Now we have to create it. So the, the drive is on us a little bit more. Um, the other advice I would say is just trust it. It didn't make sense. For so long, my, my life and my choices did not make sense. They were not on a straight path. Mm -hmm. And I was scared about it. And so um, it took me... 15 years to really kind of land in my purpose that feels like my mission. And a lot of times I had to just trust the unknown. So tell us about the lioness. Yes, yes. yes. Um, yeah, so I work with a lot of high-powered, ambitious, creative women leaders who are really desiring to charting a new path in the world. And the issue that I see so much is that so many of these women who have, quote-unquote, made it to the top are feeling burnt out tired, disconnected from themselves, disconnected from their truth. And so what Lioness is really about bringing these women back home, helping them nourish themselves, helping them lead from a place of energy, not depletion. Um, and I really believe like we can't lead our world when we're tired. And I'm so happy to be talking to you about Crazy Busy because yeah. it can't, it's not sustainable. And so Lioness, I work a lot with one-on-one -on -one with clients in this way. That's awesome. I, I think when I started to see that this was a problem, you know, the thing that you work on fixing uh, was when I was up and coming and working in a corporate job. And I noticed that all the women who were my big sisters or more mature than I were, had 10 years more than I did under their belt, had all chopped their hair off. <laughs> and they had become quite masculine yeah. and they weren't comfortable in their feminine or they just weren't able to get promoted in their feminine and they had sort of uh, masked that in order to not be distracting to men because by the very nature of what business is it's been masculine for decades and decades and decades and decades we really only entered 
30, 40 years ago in leadership positions. Yeah. So is that something you find is that women who have lost themselves and the, and want to be more grounded in their feminine side can find that balance of how to be and, and are looking for that kind of help from you? Absolutely. I sort of see two types of women who really come to me. One is that woman leader who has done the sort of masculine path, who has worked hard, fought her way through, fought her way up, proved herself, had to really commit and prove herself in a way that felt more masculine and is tired in that way. And then other women who have made it to the top who've, who have kind of gone silent. So I notice another thing where there's a lot of women who rise to leadership positions and who are afraid of using their voice, are afraid of um, speaking up too much. So even mm-hmm. though they have the title and the salary, we're missing their voice in the room because they're lacking confidence. Wow. Yeah. What are the other symptoms you see besides women who are not speaking up? Are they not asking for promotions? You know, where where else would would you say our listeners should look for triggers yeah you know they're not asking for enough money things of that nature where they might need your help yeah definitely in speaking up um i think there's an epidemic of women not knowing what they want and Mm. so whether it's speaking up at home in relationships in partnerships or in the boardroom in meetings asking for salaries i see this is a very very common thing um, and then the other thing that I would say, um, there's uh, anxiety. A lot of women are running on anxiety. And so there's a, a mental health issue. Yes. I think um, that is also that people are feeling sick and tired and, and again, just that depleted. Yeah, and they're easily triggered. When you are exhausted and you're running on fear, doubt, and anxiety, you're not even in your executive function, which is where we collaborate, we make decisions, we get to be proactive. We're sitting in the amygdala in the back of the brain in that fight, flight, freeze, and fawn mode. And I find a lot of women that I coach are fawners, meaning Mm. they're pleasers. They say, Mm. yes, sure, I can do that. Sure, I can do that. They don't even think to say, you know, Stephanie, I can add that to my project list, but, you know, maybe you're going to have to take something off for next week. So they want to be balanced. They talk about being balanced, but they aren't taking that action or putting even the oxygen mask over their own face Mm. first, right? So do you work with them in sessions? Is it over Zoom? How how would somebody be able to work with you? Yeah, in, in many different ways, because I work around sexuality and in leadership, my background spans that. So depending on the kind of work that I'm doing, either one-on-one private sessions, I do groups, power circles within organizations, I can help women with their vision and strategy. So I work along that. Um, and I think to what you were just saying, um, because there's this drive, overdrive to achieve, the idea of slowing down is seems like giving up or mm-hmm. I'm letting go. I can't slow down. I can't take a pause. And so mm-hmm. I see that also. Or they might fall behind. Exactly. And somebody else might catch up and that's all competitive and masculine. Yeah. Or fall behind or I might start to feel how I really feel, which is not good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that a woman like you running a a business like this, and I know you have a young child, has some crazy busy going on yourself. 
uh, we talked before we got started in the, this interview about taking breaks and that being sort of something I'm a big proponent of. And you told me you were masterful <laughs> at this. So I would love for you to share with our listeners how you make that happen. I love taking breaks, um, uh, long breaks, short breaks, mini breaks, breaks in my mind, you name mm -hmm. it. Um, it was interesting. One of my teachers once told me spaciousness is a state of mind. Mm. And so uh, a lot of what a break even is, is about a state of mind. And so it's recouping and getting back to your center and taking deep breaths. So like literally a break could be taking a few breaths before you speak. Yes and or not working a certain days or saying no. So um, I personally um, don't work Fridays. Fridays are me day. Uh, me day doesn't mean me being a mom. It means just <laughs> Stephanie. Um, so I do that. I've taken also uh, two months off at a time and theirs, which I know is not necessarily possible. Um, but with my son, um, I think it's really easy to fall into the mom trap. Yes. Of, I have to be on all day long, but really early on, I decided that my well-being is more important. Um, it, my well-being is going to make me a better mom, and so I prioritize me, and I do that. And so, really making sure that I, um, I know my son needs me, but maybe I need to take an hour and get a massage before I come to him because he's going to see a happier mom. And quality is better than quantity. Exactly. And that said, I could talk to you forever. Forever, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time today, Stephanie, and all Thank you've you. shared. Thank you so much. This episode of Crazy Busy, The Interviews was recorded and supported by the Art House Hotel, New York City, with 291 guest rooms, three on-site restaurants, and nightly entertainment. Book your next day at the Art House Hotel or call in for group rates and events. ArtHouseHotelNYC.com